Well, good morning and we, and good morning and welcome. Wow, I have already stumbled today. Good morning and welcome, everyone. I am your host, James Orr, and this is another class of the ServingRealEstateInvestors.com podcast webinar speech therapy session for James Orr. Yeah, so this could be a good one today. <laughs> I'm just stumbling over my own words. Oh my goodness! So today we're going to go over. Uh, business philosophy. In the uh, class previously, last week, I talked about uh, the client book that I give to clients. And one of the pages in there was my business philosophy. And I was reminded, maybe I should at least show you what my business philosophy was. That way you can make your own version and not necessarily copy mine, which I'm sure you do not want to copy mine because mine's got some weird stuff in there. So let's go over what it says in here. So this is right in my client book. Every uh, every client of mine gets to copy this if they want to see what my business philosophy. There were phases of my life where I made this a little bit more important than others. Um, there were also phases of my life where uh, I was sort of driving blind and uh, probably didn't didn't refocus in on this uh, as much as I should have. But uh, here it is. So this is the business philosophy. Uh, you could use it to create your own for when you want to work with real estate investors and do this. And so you'll kind of see how this all works. And you'll, you'll notice, you know, the client book is not exclusively for real estate investors. There's a whole section there on just buying properties, whether it's invest property or not. The section on selling properties, whether you're invest or not. And there is a massive section on investing, but it's, I would give this book out regardless of whether they were investor or not. The idea being that some of them, even if they were not necessarily investors to begin with, would become investors or they might pass it on to somebody who was an investor and uh, want to have me as their real estate broker when we did that. Okay, so this is it from the book. The following is a short list of my uh, personal business philosophies, personal business, my personal business philosophy and how I prefer to do business with others. So I've got 11 different items on here. I'm just going to run through them quickly, make a comment or two, and then we will wrap this up so I don't stumble over my own words that much more today. So number one, clients first. I I do feel this was important to me. Um, Always put the needs of my clients before my own. I would never try to convince someone to buy a house or to sell a property uh, you know, to, to make me money in any way or to do something that was not in their very, very best interest. In fact, most of the time when a client wanted to sit down with me, um, usually my meetings were over burritos, but, um, you know, they want to sit down with me and talk to me about, you know, whatever they had in their mind, a lot of times selling a property. Uh, we would go over all of the other options to selling their property before we would even look at what it would look like selling their property. I'm like, oh, you know, could you decide to use a tenant buyer and, you know, do a lease option exit? Could you keep the property? Could you refinance and pull cash out? Like we would look at all of their other options that they had before we would look at me selling their property so that we've we've exhausted every possibility for them rather than just like, oh, you want to sell your property? Let me list it for you. (laughs) It's like, that was not my strategy. So always putting clients first, always put the needs of my clients before my own. I think that's just a good general rule, um, especially if you're a fiduciary, um, which I think most real estate agents are. I can't think of exceptions to that. Um, But I mean, I guess you could operate as not a fiduciary if you're choosing to set up your paperwork that way. But um, most of the time, a lot of a lot of agents are going to choose to be a fiduciary relationship where they're representing the buyer or the seller in their best interest when they're doing that. Okay, so clients first. Always put the needs of my clients before my own. Number two, relationships before transactions. The long-term relationship is always more important than a transaction. I'm not trying to do a, you know, swoop in, earn a commission, swoop out and not be in contact, not be in a relationship, not have a kind of like friend or a long-term ally 
in uh, a particular client. That was not the intention. So really focus in on long-term relationships. In fact, I would a lot of times have a conversation with people um, who were you know, looking to come in and say, look, you know, I'm looking for fix and flips. Can you, you know, just put me on your list and notify me that? And I'm like, you know, that's really not how I work. I really focus in on relationships. And if you're wanting to work with a whole bunch of different real estate agents, that's probably not a good fit for me. And that, uh, you know, I, I probably shouldn't put you on my list because that's not how I work. I really want long-term kind of like loyalty and relationships and being focused in on serving people by adding a lot of value. And it's not transactional for me. It's not about just, oh, I, I sent you an email with a property. So you want to do a transaction with me. That's not how I typically worked. Uh, number three, always ask, what can I do to be of service to my clients? This one seems, I think for a lot of folks, this one seems like almost like a throwaway one. But I will tell you, this one has been a, a major guiding force in a lot of what I was doing. So I always, I, I would always come back to this one and think to myself, what do, what have I not done yet that could ease the pain, eliminate work, make it easier, streamlined, make it faster, make it less risky for my clients? What can I do to be of service? So I was always trying to look at the friction points and try to figure out how I could make it better. You know, what class am I missing? What do people need that they don't even, they're not even telling me they need, but I, I know they need because I see it. Or what do they need help with? And how can I, how can I solve that problem? Like anticipating in advance what they're going to have challenges with and go ahead and solving those things in advance. Okay, so that's number three. Always ask, what can I do to be of service to my clients, anticipating those? And, you know, sometimes you'll ask that question and it'll be something you're unwilling or unable to do. And I think that's fair, right? Like I, I'm not providing, you know, therapy to clients. Although in some cases I was, but no, not like formally doing that, right? Like, but, but you know, that's, that's an example. Like I'm not a therapist. So for me to go and, you know, therapize, whatever the verb for that is, um, man, I'm stumbling all over myself today. So, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't intentionally doing that, even though some clients needed that, right? Like this is within reason. And if it wasn't a good fit for my skill set, I wouldn't do it. But like, as far as like teaching classes go, I would say there are a lot of classes I could teach. Some classes I wasn't qualified and I'd bring in someone to help, but that was really the unusual rare thing. It's really like, what is in my wheelhouse? What can I do that is part of what I want to offer as my service? To clients that I could add and offer. So uh, that was a driving one. This is probably more important than I think a lot of people give it credit for. Uh, number four, clients make the decisions. So I don't decide things for clients. I am there to help them understand and manage the process and understand pros and cons of different choices they're making. But I don't decide things for clients. It's always their choice. What do you want to do? Let's, you know, if we go this way, you know, these are some of the things that could happen. I think they're low probability, but they definitely could come up. If you go this way, these are the things that are likely to happen. These are low probability. You know, these are the, this is the upside if you do it this way. This is the downside if you do it this way. I was very forthcoming about pros and cons. I did not decide things for clients. The clients always makes the decisions. I did help them understand what the process was, what was customary, what is normal, what might likely lead them to trouble, but it's really up to them. They are the ones deciding. Okay. I am, uh, at least when I was doing brokerage, not a lot, lot less, a lot less so now, but I definitely was known as the person who connected people. 
So if somebody had a need or a desire to meet with somebody, I would go and reach out to the person that I knew that could help them with that and connected them. So I have number five was strive to connect people daily and putting people in touch. You know, whenever you have a conversation with somebody saying, hey, I can put you in touch with, you know, my attorney or my property manager or, you know, a lender I know or three lenders I know or accountant or a CPA or another investor that was trying to do something they were trying to do or, you know, someone was thinking about getting into wholesaling, put them in touch with a wholesaler that was active in our marketplace. You know, all of those types of things, striving to connect people and to add value was important to me. And so that was part of my business philosophy. Number six, educate first, educate often. Um, this goes for myself as well as sharing with clients. So this is a comment. To, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read what it says and I'll make some comments here. This goes for myself as well as sharing with clients. I read 50 business books a year so that I could be a resource to my clients about their real estate needs and their businesses. And Craig, which is our investor club's name, the Fort Collins-based investor club I co-founded in 2003, teaches about 50 classes per year. So I believe in staying educated, educating myself, and also educating our clients. And so educate first, educate often for me means, you know, reading real estate investing books and books on other business related topics and psychology and um, persuasion and property management, you know, all the different stuff that you've got on there. I, I would constantly be reading. I probably read, I think 50 is conservative. I, I've read probably 50 to 100 books a year for at least 20 years at this point. And so that was really important to me. And I also believe that other people should read. I also believe that other people should attend classes and get the knowledge that they need in order to become better investors. You know, it's, it's one thing to make a mistake when no one has ever made that mistake before. It's a totally different thing when you voluntarily put yourself in a position where you make a mistake because you didn't take the time to go to a class and actually learn from someone else's mistake. Those are easily avoidable types of mistakes. And so why not spend a little bit of time learning from what other people have done wrong, what they've done right, what has worked, what is likely to work in the future or possibly to work in the future and really focusing on that. And so I was not opposed to sharing, you know, ideas I found in real estate books and business books and psychology books and sometimes therapy books, um, you know, like going back to the therapy thing, you know, like I, I'm not afraid to share. I would educate first. I would educate often. Um, this educate first thing also means to me being willing to teach classes to people before they become clients. It wasn't like you had to be a client in order to come to the classes. Educate often meant every week there was a class. And there are a lot of recordings of classes. You can go access all those too. Well, I should say you could access a lot of those as well. Some of them I did reserve for clients. It was sort of like, I think we talked about this in another class. My, my general rule at times was all the stuff you needed to know to buy your first rental property was included for free, accessible for free. But some of the more advanced topics for things like after you've acquired a property um, were sometimes reserved for clients only. So that was sort of my cutoff in, at times, the changed over time, okay? So that's number six. Number seven, help business owners grow their businesses. You know, one of the things I thought early on and kind of kept was, you know, a good percentage of my clients, I like entrepreneurs, I like working with entrepreneurs, I think entrepreneurs are much more likely to be real estate investors. And so I focused a lot in on serving business owners as well. 
And so helping business owners grow their businesses and improve their processes, I'm pretty process-driven. You'll see here when I do the classes I've got coming up on my buyer checklist, my seller checklist, um, and you'll be like, oh, that's what you mean when you say you like processes. Yeah, you'll see it all in detail. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm there to help them with their process, talking them through about you know how to make their businesses run better and improve in their profitability. And then maybe they'll take some of that improved profitability and they will use it to invest in real estate. Number eight, think long-term value and do something to add value with every interaction. I, I believe very deeply that I should leave people better off than when I found them. Any interaction I have with somebody, whether it's you know getting food at McDonald's or um, you know sitting down with someone for lunch or teaching a class, my intention is to leave them better off than they found than I found them. You know, leave them slightly better, some cases significantly better than when they first walked into that room. Okay, so thinking long-term value and what I can do to have major impacts on people, and focusing in on doing as many of those things as possible was important to me. Okay, uh, be great. Number nine, be grateful and appreciate the opportunity to serve. You'll notice this like thing is called servingrealestateinvestors.com, not working with real estate investors, not making money from real estate investors, not maximizing return on real estate investors or real estate investors as clients or you know something like that. There's a reason it's serving, right? Because I do believe in service. I believe in the opportunity to add value, the opportunity to be I don't know, to, to kind of like provide a level of service, to do things for people. So I, one of my business philosophies was be grateful. I, and I'm appreciative of the opportunity to help people buy houses, the opportunity to help educate people, whether they use me or not, to kind of invest in real estate, to leave people better off than when they found me, you know, being grateful and appreciate the opportunity to serve. They could choose other people. I appreciate that they chose me. I appreciate that they valued the effort and the work that I was putting in and gave me an opportunity to help them buy or sell a property. Being grateful and, and appreciate the opportunity to serve. Number 10, look for opportunities to refer to others first. So in our business, there, there tends to be, I don't know if I don't know if this is universally true, but there tends to be a large number of lenders that, for lack of a better term, have a parasite host relationship with real estate agents. They expect the real estate agents to go out there and generate a lot of business, and then they expect the real estate agent to refer loan business to them. There are lenders, I'm sure, that don't do this, but it seems to be a large percentage um, of lenders that are in this sort of thing. And there, there tends to be other kind of like related industries that do that too. You know, home inspectors as another example, um, home warranty companies as another example, to a lesser degree, home insurance companies. But there's there tends to be, and maybe you know what it is, it, a better way to describe this would be these other businesses I just kind of named, the home inspectors, the insurance companies, the, um, you know, the, the mortgage brokers, they realize that a major upstream source of business for them is to have really good relationships with agents. That'd be a, a, another kinder, gentler way of saying, you know, instead of parasite host, it's like, hey, look, they're just smart business people. They realize, look, rather than try to like, you know, do marketing and find one person at a time, why don't I go to this source of business that's going to be, you know, 10 transactions, 20 transactions, 
40 transactions a year that I'm much more likely to get as a source of ongoing business than to go and do marketing and get onesie twosie guys out of there. And that's probably smart for them, right? So for me though, I didn't want to be that person who was trying to go and find other people to refer to me. So my thought was look for opportunities to refer to others first. So you add value so that I was not in that parasite host role where I was the parasite and someone else was the host. So I started my own investor club instead of going to another investor club and tapping into that. You know, there's another example of that, right? Like rather than go to an, going to someone else's club and, and leeching parasitically kind of like sitting there and trying to extract other people from that, I would rather be the source of the business, start the investor club, run the investor club, and then be able to refer people that need things to other people. So someone comes to class and they need an attorney, I send them to the attorney, whether they're a client or not, right? Like this is, and whether that attorney is necessarily referring to me or not. And I will tell you what tends to happen is when you refer to other people, they tend to look for opportunities to try to give back and serve you and support you, okay? So by going and looking for opportunities to refer to others first, it tends to work that they end up referring to you. Uh, number 11, earn the referrals of others by going beyond what is typical in my industry. I, I think this theme has shown up in a lot of the other serving real estate investor classes that we've taught where I'm talking about you know, doing stuff that is beyond what a normal real estate agent does. And, and part of that is becoming going beyond a commodity, going beyond just being the lender or the real estate agent or the CPA and doing things that are above and beyond to differentiate yourself, to set yourself apart. Teaching classes. I, I think that's a big one, right? You know, how do you how do you set yourself apart? How do you go above and beyond what's typical? Well, most real estate agents, they'll show you houses, they'll write contracts, and they'll help you, you know, shepherd you through the contract to close period, and they'll help you buy a house. You know, some of them will show up with a closing gift. Some, some of them will help you move. I mean, that was not my thing, but some of them will help you out. They'll show up with a moving truck. Some will provide the moving truck. Someone will uh, provide the moving truck and you know pizza for your friends when you're going to move. Someone will show up and they'll actually lift stuff for you. Um, not me. <laughs> so that was just not my thing. But I was looking for other opportunities to go above and beyond. And for me, that was education, teaching classes, um, providing referrals in a lot of cases, helping them grow their business, but going beyond what is normal in my industry to do and being helpful there looking for opportunities to serve and to go above and beyond what my normal role was, not just unlock houses, open doors, close up lockboxes, write contracts, contract to close, but trying to do extra stuff, okay? And, and that was a deliberate stated philosophy to earn referrals. Now, I, I can go through and I could, you know, kind of like highlight if we really wanted to, some of the, I don't know, almost like, neuro-linguistic programming, uh, assumptive language in here about, hey, I'm expecting referrals, right? Like number 11, earn the referrals of others by going beyond. Well, that implies that people are expected to refer, right? Uh, look for opportunities to refer to others first. Okay, that's great. Um, you know, I expect people to be appreciative and to understand that I am grateful for the opportunity to serve. You know, they, they should expect long-term value. Like there are things in here that are implied that have, you know, assumptive closing sort of neurolinguistic programming languages things in there, you know, uh, you know, that they should expect I'm going to put them first, that I'm going to have relationships before transactions. I don't look at them as just a paycheck. 
you know, uh, being of service to clients. Make they are the ones that are going to make the decisions. I'm not going to decide stuff for them. You know, connecting people, educating them. Like there are, they're almost like implied promises in here because it's our philosophy. Okay, and it is definitely possible I have fallen short. Right, like I think that's natural. But get back up, get back on the horse, do better next time, do better later today. Not tomorrow, but as soon as you realize you didn't do well, immediately change. Not, okay, well, I screwed this one up. I'm going to go. I'll try again next week. I'll try again next month. That's not how it is. Got to get it back on the horse as quickly as possible. All right, so that's all I got for you. Hopefully you enjoyed me taking some time to go through business philosophy. Make your own. Write your own list. Doesn't have to be 10. Doesn't have to be 11. You know, mine's 11. You know, pick three, pick one. I don't know. Pick something that is your business philosophy and then improve on it over time. Iterate on it until it resonates with you and it energizes you and it makes sense to you. And then kind of work to live those philosophies. Set your, set your own standard of what you hope to be in your business. On your best day, what does it look like for you to be a lender, real estate agent, CPA, accountant, whatever it is? And hopefully that'll help you. All right, that's all I got for you. Hope you enjoyed class. This has been James Orr. Bye-bye for now.